Y'all can still hear me out there. All right. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. It is a privilege to be here, and I'm so glad to get to be in the house of the Lord. I want to ask if you would, while you're standing, we're, we're going to go through a few scriptures, so we'll do that here in a moment. But why don't we just lift up our hands and uh, just kind of unplug from the day, from the week, and let's just thank the Lord for the privilege to be here in his house. Would you do that? Would you lift up your voice and begin to pray, Jesus, we thank you right now for the privilege to be here. I pray that revelation and understanding would go forth here tonight, God, that your will be done, that you would anoint my mind and loose my tongue to speak your word here today. I thank you for what you're going to do for revelation that brings forth faith, God, that's going to bring forth your miraculous power. We thank you. We love you. In the name of Jesus, would you give the Lord a big round of applause and would you magnify the name of feels good to be in the presence of God. You can shake somebody's hand around you, uh, give them a big smile, and after that, you may be seated. Amen. You may be seated. If you'd open your Bibles with me uh, as you are seated, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. I'm going to go through a few scriptures, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. And uh, we'll also open up to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. And these are very, very key scriptures, Deuteronomy 6, 4. And, uh, of course, I want to take a moment as you're opening your Bibles to honor my my dad, uh, the pastor here of this church. And I love him very, very much. And I'm grateful. Amen. Why don't you give the Lord a round of applause and my mom and my family, my brother. My sister, my sister-in-law, Abby, I appreciate them very, very much. I love them and all the work that they do here for this church and uh, the leadership that you all have is amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, I was in for the Flowers Church last this past week, and he was mentioning, talking about Lifeline, you know, both men and women's program. And he was addressing his church and talking about, you know, the program that we have here. And he was saying, you know, it really takes uh, someone special to be able to run a program like that and to be able to help you know um, everybody and anybody amen and not everyone can can do it not everyone is willing and so uh, he made that that uh, mention and uh, just kind of brought that back to my remembrance that this is a a special church this is a unique place you've got great amazing leadership people of god that love you they're here for you and i want that to be known I'm grateful for that. Uh, I also want to honor my wife and my two boys who I love very, very much. You give them a r- big round of applause, too. That'd be all right. Um, little Jesse, little Jesse, every once in a while when I'm praying there in the hotel or something like that, he'll come up next to me and he'll start praying. You know, I feel like those prayers just, and they do a whole lot. I don't know, at least they make a good, good pic- make for a good picture, you know, but Nonetheless, uh, you know, he's learning to pray and all that stuff, praying for the service and stuff like that. And my wife uh, does a great job, of course, of, of teaching him as well. And so I appreciate their their uh, portion in this ministry as well. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. 
The Bible said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, One Lord. And 1 Timothy uh, chapter 3 and verse 16 says, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness that God was manifest in the flesh. So let me stop there. This mystery that we're talking about, a lot of people like to leave it there and say, Well, see, it's a mystery. What you know, God is or who God is, how many he is, you know, some will say he's a triune God. I don't have all the time to get into the different ideas that uh, that are out there. But some will say, see, he's he's three separate gods in one individual. He's three separate mindsets in one individual. And so they'll they'll say, see, we believe the oneness, too. And so tonight I want to talk to you about the I am. Would you turn to your neighbor and say the I am? And people will leave it there as a mystery and they will begin to, you know, say, well, you know, that's just kind of what it is. Now, it is important to understand that according to the belief of others that are not oneness believers, do not believe there is only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, you know, uh, there is the idea that there are three centers of consciousness all right now i'm not going to stay on this a whole long time but just to give you an understanding there are three different ideas or three different wills in heaven that's what a trinitarian believer believes there are three different wills and god the father they would say could go this way and jesus could choose that way and the holy spirit can choose another way but they never do is what they will say those that believe in the trinitarian belief but they'll they never do they never contradict one another but I would present to you that though there are three, or excuse me, they believe that there are three centers of consciousness, that would make for a very, very dangerous opportunity for all of a sudden Jesus, the Son, if you will, the Son God and the Holy Spirit God to say, well, you know what, today I'm going to kind of do my own thing and forget about what the Father says, right? And so when that, something like that is presented as a belief, then it leaves room for error that, oh, well, if someone does believe there are three different wills in heaven, then that means that at any given time, though it has never happened, is, is what they're saying, they could go this way, one could go that way, and they can choose three different ways. And so we understand clearly, as First Timothy 3.16 says, without controversy, so there's no controversy within the Godhead. Great is the mystery of godliness. There is a point of mystery. But then I love the next portion of the scripture because the mystery is solved. And he says that God was manifest in the flesh, not that the flesh had of its own, you know, its own, uh, was always with us for thousands of years and came down to the earth. And then all of a sudden, no, it says that God was manifest in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit, seen of angels and preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world. So I'm coming to let you know that as the Bible says in Ephesians chapter four and verse five, there is only one Lord. There is only one faith and there is only one baptism. There is only one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved and there is power in the name of jesus and that power is absolutely attributed to the fact that god almighty the one true living god that always was and always will be 
he came down, robed himself in flesh, and was begotten, you know, as the son here. And this is how we classify the humanity of God Almighty, robing himself in flesh. And so we recognize that Jesus was both 100% God and 100% man. All right? If you, if you understand that, say amen. If you don't, it's all right. I'm going to keep on going on, okay? And you'll understand. And so there is only one will in heaven. There's only one center of consciousness, one drive, one desire, one focus, and that is God Almighty. And that God Almighty is that same God that we feel here today. The name of Jesus is the name that was revealed to us that had not been revealed for thousands of years that we are now able to call upon the name of Jesus Christ. That's why there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can give the Lord a round of applause. So I just wanted to kind of open up with that. Now I, you know, I'm, I kind of stick to preaching a little bit more, so I'm going to treach. Is that okay? I know my dad does a whole lot of that anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and just do what he does. Is that okay? All right. I'm sure you all be all right with that. Acts chapter 4 and verse 7, if you want to open with me, the Bible says that when they had set them, uh, set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. And this is the stone which was set at not of you builders, which is the head of the corner, neither is salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Peter and John have just been to the temple, and they see a man as they're on their day walking normally as they normally would, walking into the temple and they see a man that's lame the man cannot walk has not been able to since birth and he's always asked alms 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 or for money 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 would you help me and so on because he could not work that we didn't he didn't have the medical you know things that we have today and so on and so forth but peter and john seeing him there in front of the temple begin to recognize what they had just received uh, i don't know how long before that it was but just a chapter before that they begin to two chapters before that they begin to realize wait hold on we just received the power of the holy ghost this is the evidence that god exists in the world is the power of the spirit of god living inside of us and so they look to the man they say you know what silver and gold have we none in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk they didn't say the name of the holy father in the name of, of the son and of the name of the spirit there was power in all those titles then they would have used them but they were some some people would even say that they were acting as jesus christ would while he was on the earth and they look to the man they say in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk and all of a sudden the lame is instantly healed by the power of the name of jesus christ the same thing happens today because we recognize the power of the name of Jesus Christ. So we realize that 
The oneness of God is absolutely powerful. The Bible says that the devils even recognize that God is one and they even tremble. They realize that there is only one God and they tremble at that understanding that there is only one God. And that one God has already ordained for these devils, those that have uh, uh, turned their back on God and fallen out of heaven because of sin and so on. God has already ordained that they one day will be judged and they tremble at the fact that this God has has cast judgment upon them because of their sin in in that one time that they committed that sin. They don't have redemption like you and I. Aren't you grateful for the blood of Jesus Christ that we can fall and get back up again? So I want to bring you to this next point so, so important. The Bible lets us know in the book of Acts chapter 4, if you continue on, that Peter and John are walking in the power, the anointing, the, the Holy Ghost, the power of Jesus Christ living inside of them. And Jesus has already been ascended now into heaven after his, his death, burial, and resurrection. And, and they look to the, the elders, they look to all the religious people, those that are filled with tradition. This was the problem. This is why they were afraid, because their traditions were were being blown out of the water their normal way of believing was now being blown out of the water by peter and john peter and john are preaching hey jesus is god almighty he was god robed in the flesh and the jews are looking at him saying look you know we're still waiting for this messiah how can you say that a human being can be god but that's the beauty of it is that god did not just within his deity though he could did not just say look i need you all as human beings just to start getting with it god didn't didn't take that approach he could have taken that approach but he decided i'm going to go down onto the earth i'm going to robe myself in flesh i'm going to be tempted at all points just like you are and and i'm going to overcome that temptation i'm going to overcome that sin i'm not going to fall into and i'm going to have power and make it to the cross i'm going to die on the cross and and be buried and then resurrect on the third day therefore giving us the power that we have over sin right giving us the power that we have over death hell and the grave and so we recognize for example we're not afraid to die if you're afraid to die you may not be living in the power of the holy ghost i'm gonna say that again so you all understand if you're afraid to die then you may not be living in the power of the holy ghost I tell people all the time, you know, we've got to pray the prayer, Jesus, if it's your will that you would be able to take me with you to heaven today, I would love to go. And people look at me like, wait, 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 hold on. I still got more things to do on the earth. You know, I, the single people are like, I still got to get married. You know, I still got to do this. I still got to do that. You know, I want to have kids, I want to have a family. That's not the end goal. Those are amazing things and great things that God allows us to, to be a part of and to have and so on as part of our walk with God. But that's not the end goal. The end goal is that I'm going to make heaven my home one day. And when I do, I'm going to see Jesus face to face. I'm going to feel the warmth of his embrace. I, I cannot wait to be with Jesus. And so Peter and John are standing before the Pharisees and the Pharisees are upset. They're like, look, Peter and John, you all need to understand something. You're over here messing with our religion. You're messing with our everyday way of life, our tradition. And we need you to quit preaching in the name of Jesus. They tell them, look, don't teach in the name of Jesus. And they go on. As a matter of fact, we don't even want you to utter the name of Jesus Christ. And if you do, we're going to beat you or we're going to lock you in prison or they begin to threaten them to know 
longer preach and teach the name of Jesus Christ. Now, we live in a country I recognize that is, is free to some extent, to a good extent, and it has been for a long time. And we're grateful for that, that we have the ability to preach the word of God. But I want you to realize that though it may not be against the law to preach the name of Jesus, it very well is against this current culture and society that we live in to preach the name of Jesus. And people like you are being threatened. Hey, don't preach the name of Jesus here at the job. Don't preach the name of Jesus here at school. Don't teach. And we're facing a lot of what Peter and John begin to face because they realize if they begin to preach the name of Jesus, all of Jerusalem is going to begin to believe their words because they're not preaching and teaching with just some type of script or just some type of scriptures. But when they begin to preach the name of Jesus, there's a difference. And because there's power in that name, all of a sudden the lame are getting up and walking it. And I'm coming to let you know that the blind can see and the deaf will hear and cancers will be healed because of the power of the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, why don't you clap your hands for a moment? Some people might say, well, hey, it doesn't really matter how you're baptized, you know, as long as you, you're baptized and you're sincere, as long as you got a whole lot of faith. But the Pharisees didn't look at Peter and John and say, hey, quit preaching in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. If that was the case, then I'd be preaching a different message to you. But the Pharisees looked at Peter and John and said, look, quit preaching the name of Jesus because it's that name that's messing with our tradition. It's that name that's causing the lame to walk. And we don't have an explanation. We don't have an understanding quite yet. And Peter and John recognize I'm preaching in the name of the one that was walking on this earth. The one who was both 100% man and 100% God. And as a man, he grew, but as God, he could raise the dead. As a man, he had to eat, but as God, he would tell the lame to get up and walk. As God, he would cause the blind to see. As God, he could part the Red Sea. As God, he would call light out of darkness in the beginning. And I'm telling you today that as God, he can call light out of your dark world in this very hour. Why don't you go ahead and clap your hands and magnify the Lord. So I recognize that threatenings has become a normal thing in the society that we're in feeling threatened well I, I want to be careful to preach the name of Jesus because if I say it to the wrong person if I say it at the wrong time I might get in trouble I might I might get talked to and hey you can't be preaching here and talking there but I've come to let you know that I really believe this thing and it doesn't really matter where they want me to preach it or not preach it I've preached it in schools I've preached it on the job when I was in Bible college they came to me and told me next day you better quit preaching about the name of Jesus. I went out and did it again. Why? Because I really believe this thing. And there are people that are on their way to hell that believe here today, that want to believe, that desire to believe. And it's up to you and I to quit. Forget about the threatenings. Forget about them silencing your voice and begin to preach the name of Jesus with all power and authority. 
And so if you think for a moment, well, why are we talking about the oneness of God? Why are we talking? I know that's the theme for this season and this time. Why are we talking about God being one? What's the big significance? What's the big deal? I want you to understand something. They were literally under attack for the understanding and the life they were living unto the oneness of God. You understand what I'm saying? They, they were literally under attack for believing that there was only one God and that his name was Jesus Christ. And so they realize, hey, miracles happen in the name of Jesus. The miraculous takes place in the name of Jesus Christ. And, and because the miraculous takes place, you know, we realize that we've got to shut this thing down. We better quit all of this from happening. It was a friend of mine by the name of Jacob Torres. He, he was telling me he was preaching here in Los Angeles, downtown Skid Row, you know, and he was just out there, didn't have a pulpit, and he was just preaching the word of God, you know. And as he's preaching the word of God, he said uh, he's preaching the name of Jesus Christ. He's just speaking it into the atmosphere. Let me tell you something. The Bible says, as I've already mentioned, that the devil's they tremble right at this understanding uh, that there is only one God they understand they believe and they tremble so when you begin to speak that into the atmosphere you are literally taking authority you are you are causing the atmosphere to be shifted you're causing things to begin to change where maybe there's depression if you begin to speak the name of Jesus all of a sudden there will be peace because there's a peace acquainted with that name and so he began to preach the name of Jesus Christ and as he was preaching there was a lady named Maria and when she walked up to where he was he said I laid hands on her in the name of Jesus Christ and I didn't realize but she was possessed and all these devils started coming out and as he said all these devils started coming out and instantly she was delivered when I spoke the name of Jesus and then in that moment I realized she had a tumor the size of a basketball there attached to her stomach in her stomach and he said when I laid hands on her again the second time she started speaking with other tongues and was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost he wasn't preaching the name of the Father, the Spirit, and, and so on and, and so forth. He was preaching in the name of Jesus. And he said, when we looked down to where she was, uh, she was not only speaking in tongues, but the tumor had completely left her body. I'm telling you today that there is power. Why don't somebody clap your hands? It's all right that it's Tuesday night. Why don't we clap our hands and magnify the Lord? Because that is the power that is going to change this world. Uh, I don't care how religious you are. I don't care how many times you go to church or don't. Uh, if you understand the power of the name of Jesus Christ, that's when the enemy is afraid, and that's when this world will see that we've got the real thing today. Why don't you clap your hands and magnify the Lord? And so... I'm telling you today, I've got to move on, but I'm telling you today that there is power in the name of Jesus Christ. And as a matter of fact, if you look up the name of Jesus, the word Jesus, that name, and you begin to get into the etymology or the study of the word or the word study of the name Jesus, you will understand that it literally means Jehovah is salvation. And so you are speaking the name of, of, of God that was revealed to the Old Testament believers, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. They understand understood him as Jehovah or as Yahweh, either one of the two. They understood him as that and many other titles that they would, would speak to him and, and, and so on. And so they would, would, would speak those titles in the action of what he was doing and, and whether he was providing or whether he was protecting and so on and so forth. But when, when all of a sudden Jesus came into the world, he took the name, that, that understanding, of that word of, of God, of himself in the Old Testament, not yet 
yet in the flesh in our timeline. And he's, he named himself literally Jesus. He told Mary, he said, look, you're going to name your son Emmanuel, which means God with us. You interpret it all, and it literally means Jesus. And so that name Jesus literally means Jehovah or Yahweh is salvation. And so I want you to understand that in that name, there is saving power. I want to stay with me on that. In that name, there is the power to save. Literally, when you speak the name, you are speaking the power to save. That's why it's important what you name your children. Right? If you name them something negative, I'm not going to name any names here. I may or may not know somebody that has a few even Bible names that were very uh, negative characters in the Word of God, you know? Nobody here is... I might as well, you know, no, no, I, I can't, I can't say it. I want you to understand something. I'm, I'm thinking about a couple people that might be watching. I, I can't be doing all that. We'll, we'll talk to them later. All right. But you got to be careful what you name your kids. You're not going to, you know, let me, let me give you an extreme one. You're not going to name your kid, you know, Satan. You may think that for a moment. But you're not going to name your kid that. Right? I'm just talking to some honest parents here. They've had a rough day, you know, when your kids aren't listening or whatnot. But you're not going to name your kid that because every time you name them that, you begin to, to call them the adversary. You literally begin to proclaim over their life that they are the adversary. And so a name has importance. I, uh, I have a friend, and I, I don't know if there's anyone named Jesus here in, in the Hispanic culture. You know, uh, sometimes we do that, and it is what it is, but I, I'm, I'm going to say this one. You know, I have a friend, his name's Jesus, and he's, it's on his, on his birth certificate and all that. Uh, it's not Jesus, it's Jesus, but there was a pastor that was preaching and said, you know, if you've got the name Jesus, and that is your name, you got to be careful. You know, I, I would go change your name because there's reverence in that name. And he began to, to say that. Well, my friend Jesus and I was sitting on a platform like this right next to each other. And, uh, you know, all of our friends were sitting down there in the pew. And as soon as the pastor said that, all of a sudden my friend, <laughs> I got to show him this message later. Anyway, my friend's phone just started buzzing. Bzz, 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 bzz. Everybody was giving him text, bro, you got to change your name. I'll give you money. I'll do whatever. You got to change it, man. <laughs> You got to understand there's power in what you speak. There is power. So when you speak the name of Jesus, you're not just speaking the name of Jesus. That's why the Lord said, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Matter of fact, it makes me cringe when somebody says that. I don't go around lashing out at them. They may be a sinner, but it makes me cringe. Or if I'm watching something and all of a sudden they begin to speak it in, in, a, in a vain manner where they're not speaking it with some type of authority or they're not speaking it with some type of hope or faith attached to it, but they're speaking it as a curse word. You wouldn't use your mom's name as a curse word, right? But when they begin to speak the name of Jesus in that manner, that makes me upset. Because I've got a relationship with Jesus. If you were to use my mom's name in that manner and as a curse word, that would make me upset. And it's the same as it would be with Jesus. We can't use the Lord's name in vain because there is power in that name. And not just any power, but there is saving power in the name of Jesus. Because when you speak it, you are literally speaking in the atmosphere. Jehovah is salvation. And so when you are in a time of need and you speak Jesus, you are 
are speaking, Jehovah, would you save me? I need your salvation. I need your power. I need your love. You're beginning to speak. You're beginning to speak the name that saves. So we recognize that Jesus has been saving And constantly throughout the word of God, I can go through many different examples and stories, but it is within the nature of Almighty God to save. The children of Israel were in Egypt 430 years, and it was his intention prophesied about before that. I'm going to bring them out. I am going to cause them. I'm going to save them from slavery, from bondage. It's just a season. And then when it came time, all of a sudden the Red Sea was parted, and they would be able to walk through the Red Sea. It is is literally within the name of Jesus Christ to save. Gideon from the Moabite army. David, we've got a great story from Goliath. Uh, The Lord saved the children of Israel from from that uncircumcised Philistine, the three Hebrew boys from the fiery furnace, Esther from Haman, who was going to destroy the people of God. Daniel, the Bible said God shut the mouths of the lions and he could not, they could not destroy Daniel. Why? Because we understand that God is a savior. It's what he does. I tell people all the time, you don't go into a dark room or into a lit up room and turn on the light. You go to a dark room and turn on the light. So therefore the light is attracted to the darkness the bible said where sin doth abound grace doth much more abound and what i'm trying to tell you yeah this city might be wicked yeah this world might be wicked but you and i have the power of the name of jesus christ and when you begin to walk these streets my brothers that are selling throughout the day when you begin to walk the street and you begin to proclaim the name of jesus over that home the name of jesus over that place the name of Jesus uh, over that institution you are speaking uh, salvation over your city Uh, why don't somebody do that over your kids Uh, begin to plead the name uh, of Jesus Christ over your children Uh, in the name of Jesus you will uh, do the will of God you are anointed in the name of Jesus When we understand that salvation is literally within the name of Jesus, it's much more than just a word. It's much more than just a phrase or much more than a historical character that some people might to, might like to believe never existed. Uh, but you are speaking a name that literally defied uh, everything that we understand as far as physics and so on. He literally came against death, hell, and the grave and overcame those things. This is the God that I serve. That's why I'm getting excited. I'm already preaching, so I'm just going to keep on preaching, all right? But that's why I'm excited, because here today, I don't have just any ordinary belief, any ordinary religion or understanding. I have something that's greater. I may not be the best preacher. I might not be the best Bible study teacher. I may not be able to break down Genesis to Revelation and the Hebrew, the Greek, and and some of the Aramaic that's in there. But I'm telling you, I can preach the name of Jesus. And man, when I preach the name of Jesus, I believe that anything is possible. Man, I can pray and believe. Believe that God will do it. And God will do it. I know that I'm, I'm being recorded, and, but I'm, I'm going to say this anyway. I don't think my, my old neighbors will ever find out. But I've prayed out two sets of neighbors already in the name. I'm serious in the name of Jesus. I just got fed up with, with what I was, was facing with the thoughts that were coming. Don't, don't think those are your own thoughts. Some of you live, you know, in certain places and, and you know, you've got people all around you, you share the walls with, I live in an apartment, you know, you share the walls with some people and, 
Whatever it is they're going through, you know, sometimes you begin to think, and I'm like, God, why, why am I thinking these things? What's going on? You know, and the Lord began to reveal to me, well, you know, the atmosphere around you. So I said, well, we're going we're gonna to do something about that. And I began to walk back and forth in my living room, proclaim the name of Jesus. Lord, either help them change or get them out. Either one. It don't matter. I'm not here to, to pray them out necessarily, but I'm here that either they would change and turn their life to you or create a better environment for me and my family. Because I've got the name of Jesus Christ uh, that's greater than any amount of money it's greater than anybody you know in the government it's greater than anything that you can produce on your own the enemy would like for you not to understand that you have power in the name of Jesus Christ so we realize that one day Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees, these guys that are all filled with tradition. They don't, they don't really like Jesus because he's blowing them all out the water with his power and his love and the doctrine that he's speaking, the doctrine that we preach today. And, and they begin to speak to Jesus, you know, and they say, Jesus, uh, you know, who do you, who do you say you are? And I want to rewind a little bit because, because Moses was speaking to God Almighty when the name of Jesus wasn't yet revealed. And, and as he's there at the burning bush, the Bible says that, that Moses says to the Lord, Lord, all right, you have sent, you've told me to go and go to Egypt and bring them out of Egypt and I'm going to lead them through and so on. And you're going to give us the promised land flowing with, with milk and honey and so on, you know, but, but who do I tell them has sent me? What name should I give them? You realize the Egyptians had all kind of gods and names for every god. The fertility god, the sun god, the this god, the that god. I mean, they had gods for everything you can possibly think about. And, and so Moses is speaking to God without an identity, without a name to accompany that moment in relationship. And he says, who do I tell Pharaoh has sent me? And then God speaks to him and says in the book of Exodus chapter 3, he says, I am that I am and he said thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel I am hath sent me unto you now we fast forward several thousand or a couple thousand years and and now all of a sudden Jesus is there speaking with the Pharisees and John chapter 8 and verse 58 the Bible says that as Jesus is speaking with the Pharisees they say who who are you you know in which name do you come and and they begin to speak unto him in that manner to identify himself and the power that he holds and and he says these words oh, oh let me let me back up Jesus recognizes that these Pharisees know the law they would know very well the account where Moses is talking to God and God says, look, I am. That's who I want you to tell them has sent you. I am that I am. And so these Pharisees would have understood. They would have been through through Sunday school, all right, like our kids. And even more than that, Monday, you know, through Friday, they would have gone to school and learned the Old Testament. They would have understood about Moses and that encounter. And all of a sudden, the Pharisees are speaking to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, well, who do you say, you know, that you are? Who Who is this? You know, how can you identify yourself? And John chapter 8, verse 58 says, Jesus. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. And in that moment, there, I mean, their mind is, 
is out of this world now. It's, it's, it this doesn't make any sense. Are you claiming, you know, then what's going through their mind? Are you claiming to be that God in the beginning that spoke to Moses there at the burning bush? Are you claiming to be that God that brought them to the Red Sea? The God that literally brought water out of a rock? The God that brought manna from heaven? The God that caused quail to fall out of the sky so they can have food? Is, is this what you're saying that you are the I am and Jesus came to completely, you know, up doing and outroot anything that they were thinking as far as tradition to let them know that he very well was and very well is that God in the beginning. So what I'm trying to tell somebody today is there is power in the name of Jesus Christ and that Jesus Christ that we believe is that same God that was back then, the same God that delivered David from Goliath. The odds were stacked against him. It was impossible. It didn't make any sense. Lazarus was already dead. No breath in his body. His body had already begun to stink. And Jesus come to the grave and said, arise Lazarus and come forth. And because Jesus was not just a man, but Jesus was almighty God robed in the flesh. All of a sudden death had to loose its grip and obey the voice of the master. And Lazarus came forth and was brought back to life. I want you to clap your hands under the Lord if you believe what I'm talking about here today because that's the I am that I serve. The name of Jesus Christ is God that you and I serve today. Why don't you clap your hands one more time and magnify the Lord. I feel faith here and I'm, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do my best here to, to kind of go ahead and, and close this out, but I I want you to understand that where we're at right now is very, very important that we have an understanding of the name. We're speaking the name of Jesus. You're speaking saving power. You're speaking salvation into the atmosphere. When you're speaking the name of Jesus, you are literally uh, undoing what the enemy has begun to try and do. The strongholds the enemy begins to try and bring into your life, the temptations. When you begin to speak the name of Jesus, there are powerful things that begin to happen. John chapter 8 and verse 23, and, and Jesus speaks a few I am statements, and these are declarations of who he is, but it's it's, it's so important that we recognize who he is has everything to do with who we are as well. Who he is has everything to do with who we are and who we will be when we get a hold of the name of Jesus. And he said unto them, John 8, 23, ye are from beneath and I am from above. He says this, you are of this world. And he says, but I am not of this world. Now, I recognize that's just another scripture. It's just another sentence where he's he's saying, I am not of this world, but he's also declaring, I am. And then he goes on, not of this world. So he's letting them know, look, you may be of this world. The things of this world affect you. And you know what? The things of this world affect us. They really do. Uh, we're, we're, from, we're from here. We're from beneath the heavens, right? You were born and raised here. You understand? And so you were born in a hospital somewhere here on this earth. 
birth or wherever it was you were born. Some of you weren't born in a hospital. That's all right too, okay? doesn't matter. You were born on the globe, all right? And so because you were born underneath the earth, you are from beneath. And he says, but I am from above. I am not of this world. And so he's letting you know with those words, you may be affected with the fear and the depression. You may be affected with not having enough money to pay the, the bills. You may be affected with the drugs and the chaos and the problems in this world. But he said, I am from above. My power is greater than every drug. My power is greater than every love. My power is greater than any girl, any guy. I am not of this world. And when we begin to understand that uh, the problems of this world uh, no longer have a grip like they used to. They no longer have an effect like they used to. Uh, you won't be up one day and down the next day when you begin to walk in the power of the I am, the power of the name of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you today that absolutely anything can happen. How many of you believe absolutely anything can happen right now, tonight, on this Tuesday night? If you believe that, why don't you clap your hands? I feel Jesus here today. I really do. And because Jesus is here, absolutely anything's possible. In this service tonight, people will be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not waiting for Sunday. Forget about that. I'm telling you, Jesus is here right now. If you believe that, why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord? Because I'm not preaching just any ordinary doctrine. I'm not preaching any ordinary name. The name of Allah, Buddhist enlightenment, Sikhism, Jainism, whatever else you want to think and believe those names have no power but when I begin to preach the name of Jesus Christ when you begin to believe the name that is not of this world it's in that moment that all of a sudden things have to change it's in that moment that doors begin to open that impossible situations become possible that God brings favor in your life that you've never known before why don't you go ahead and clap your hands one more time I'm telling you, God is going to do it right now. I, I don't have a whole lot of time. I'm going to finish this out now. But I, I, I believe, believe with all my heart that God is going to have his way. So i got to pick and choose here what God is wanting me to say. I want you to understand something. John chapter 13, verse 13. And I'm going to say these last things. Ye call me master, he says, and Lord. Ye say well, for so I am. And so these are I am statements once again. And I want everyone to understand something. We believe that God is God. We recognize that. We believe that Jesus Christ is almighty God, robed in the flesh. We, we understand that. That as a man, he was tempted as God. He was able to do things that nobody else could. But he says this, you call me master and Lord. And he says, you say well, for so I am. But I want you to realize something. God cannot be master and Lord unless you let him. I mean, you all believe that. He won't be a master and Lord unless you allow him to do so first. He won't take control unless you allow him to have control. There are some places in your life that you will not allow God to go. All right, don't, don't point at your wife. Don't point at your husband. Okay. You're talking to him. You're talking to him. All right, don't. I got to change the message, you know. All the people looking at me with a straight face right now, talking to you. I'm just kidding. Start smiling. 
But it's so important to understand that if he's going to be master and Lord, and as a master, as a Lord, he knows what we don't know. He's gone where we have not gone, right? He's done things we have not done. He knows what's up at the end of the road as master and Lord. But if we don't give him that opportunity, he can't be the I am as master and Lord in your life. Amen. I'm going to say this last thing, close my Bible, show you all I'm serious about that. Even though I got plenty more saying here. John 11:25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Now we realize, as he is saying, I am the resurrection. I even spoke to you a moment ago about Lazarus. He told his disciples before he raised Lazarus from the dead, he said, hey, I'm the resurrection. Right? So he's letting them know, look, I am the resurrection. Not only do I have power over death, but I am life. The Bible and another scripture says he's the way, the truth, and the life. So he's speaking in this scripture, John eleven twenty five. 25, as we all stand, let's all stand together.